Hello, welcome to another bonus Tuesday podcast. Are you going to be in Glasgow on the 23rd of February, which is about 10 days time around noon? If so, and you're also angry about the way the um, UK government appears intent on dismantling Holyrood's powers at the moment, acting like a governor general, then you might be interested to know about a demonstration that's going to take place organised by Glasgow Pensioners for Indy. So in this bonus Tuesday podcast, Mary McCabe from Pensioners for Indy chats to Marlene Halliday about the background to the event, what's going to happen and how you can join in. Scottish Independence Podcasts intend to be there on the day. We'll be doing some recording, taking some pictures and maybe waving a few flags, who knows. Uh, So it'd be lovely to see you there if you're able to make it. It will, of course, be a peaceful demonstration. Hello, this is uh, Pensioners for Independence. Um, my name is Marlene Halliday. I'm involved in the Glasgow group and also the national group. And I've got with me here Mary McCabe. Mary's one of the most active members of the Glasgow group, and she's also involved in our national coordinating group. So, Mary, you are telling me that you and some of the others from the from the Greater Glasgow group are going to be organising a demonstration later later this month, the 23rd to, to be precise. So do you want to tell us a bit just about what you're going to do and, and, and why, why you're going to do it? Well, we're going to try to draw attention to the existence of a building. Um, it's actually one of two buildings because there's one in Edinburgh as well. A building which not enough people know, the ex- know about and know the existence of. It's very low key. It's called the UK government hub in Gla- in Scotland and this one's the Glasgow the Glasgow building and um, these hubs there's one in Glasgow as I say and one in Edinburgh and they only come in at the you know at the end of I think it was the 2017 refer- um, 2017 election when there was a big boost to the independence campaign. And of course, it was after Brexit. After Brexit, yeah. After Brexit. So these hubs are clearly part of the UK government's plan to weaken and ultimately dismantle our Scottish Parliament. If we go go back a bit, um, when Labour first set up the Scottish Parliament, Scotland had been, maybe you can remember this, a one-party state under (laughs) Labour forever and a day. They weighed the Labour votes. And Labour, of course, thought it would always go on like that. So giving us devolution, giving us a devolved government, um, killed two birds with one stone for them. In the first place, they thought that would um, kick the legs away from the independence movement. People would be happy with devolution. As George Robertson, who was the Secretary of State for Scotland at that time, said, devolution will kill the SNP stone dead. Well... You know, that worked well, didn't it, George? Anyway, um, that was one plan. The other plan was that um, since Scotland was a Labour fiefdom, during the long periods when the Tories took over in at the UK level, Labour would still wow. have its wee fiefdom yeah. there in Scotland yeah. to yeah. run and control and ever. Yeah. And, and cunning, that, that's cunning, cunning that was, wasn't that it? That was cunning, that was cunning. <laughs> Unfortunately for okay. Labour, um, they didn't quite realise that a large part of what was holding Scotland back from going for independence was lack of confidence that we could actually run our own country. We did, we'd never really done anything above local government and um, 
people genuinely thought would fight among ourselves, um, the old too wee, too poor, too stupid thing and everything, we'd never tried running a parliament. When we got the parliament in, and we saw that we ran it quite competently, whether it was under the, the Labour-Liberal yeah. coalition or yeah. under the SNP, the urge for independence grew stronger because people realised, hey, we can actually do this. So now the Tories are in and um, Plan B is coming into, it's not really Plan B, it's Plan A under different circumstances. When Labour was in, the idea was that the Scottish office and the Secretary of State for Scotland's post would wither away and, 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 and in fact, it did for a while. For a while, the post of Secretary of State for Scotland was tacked on to um, a, a, an individual who had something more important to do, like defence or even transport. And, and the, the Scottish office kind of dwindled away in staff. Now, um, with the Tories in, they want to get rid of our parliament. And the best way to do that is to strengthen the Scottish office. Um, they, they do it in various ways, but these hubs are part of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and the other thing about these hubs is they're very, very low key. I mean, the one in Edinburgh is employing 3,000 civil servants, accountable only to London. The Glasgow one's appoint, um, got 2,500, accountable only to, only to London. They could have done a bit media circusing, look at all the civil service jobs you're bringing to Scotland, but they didn't. It's very low key. Most people you'll find, even people involved in politics, don't even know of their existence, and mm. they certainly don't know their significance. Yes, indeed, and and um, I, I mean another reason, of course, that they brought them in was because after after Brexit, they then passed the Internal Market Bill. Yeah, and 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 when I started to hear that being t just talked about by Tory politicians down in Westminster, I thought that is going to create the bother because yeah. we've already got regulations up here that are different from exactly down south south, and yet this that Internal Market Bill was yeah. giving Westminster the power to um, overrule something yeah. that Hollywood wanted to do if they wanted it for the whole of the UK market. So I suppose at some point someone was going to say, we need an office up, we need offices yeah. up yeah. and up and, and. Yeah. Right, so so that's great actually, hearing that uh, background to these buildings. So so, so the demo that's coming up, what, 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 what's the thinking behind that? Tell us more Well, about we're just that. going to try to um, draw the attention of everybody probably mainly through social media, to the existence of these buildings and what their purpose is. I mean, all this taking over power from Holyrood has been pretty low key. The Internal Markets Bill, Markets Act you, you mentioned, I mean, it's most people haven't heard of that either. There's been no discussion. They've been taking, taking um, powers away. First of all, it was inter international rights and regulations. I'm reading here from a wee note I've got here, which Edinburgh used to administer for the United Nations and the European Union. Yeah. That control over working hours, the right to protest, the international rights of the child, animal welfare, food safety, agriculture and fisheries, all devolved matters. And um, so they started taking powers away from that, away from, from Holyrood for that. And then came the Internal Markets Act, um, our right to have different rules on trade, stuff and um, food imports city you know your um genetically modified products yeah. and everything come in here yeah and, yeah um, and then and then these bases erected are all part of it 
and um and the and also the whole also the idea which comes across as um you know it's a, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing if ever there was one this idea they keep punting about true um well, they used to use a hard word like subsidiarity, but nowadays they say things like um, true devolution. That's devolving powers away yeah. from the Scottish government down to local governments. Yeah. Now, the idea with that, which sounds innocuous and sounds even quite a good thing, you know, we want local power and everything, but it's actually taking powers away from the Scottish government, which is strong enough to challenge the UK government, and giving it through the levelling up scheme and things like that to local local authorities which are too weak to channel to challenge the UK government but they can be put in competition with each other to fight for Tory favours from the London Tory government. Mm. Mm. Yes I, I, I was reading a bit about that I didn't know much about it myself I was reading a bit about it the other day this whole business and, and yeah and basically as you say it's like what used to be money that would have been part of the Scottish mm. government's budget, yeah. and then there'd be a discussion around yeah. what's best for Scotland, what what local authorities yeah. want to be doing this. That all that would have happened in a very specific Scottish context, mm -hmm. and now it's London saying there's this, that, and the other amount of money, and we and it will be used yeah. for A, B, and C, and uh, put put a bid in. I I I um I I don't know. It's just such a another parcel of rogues isn't it yeah and it's i mean it's they know that um local governments local authorities are always strapped for cash and they're not going to question where the cash comes from too much even if they're run by snp administrations which they're not always because very often labor and tory go into some yeah. kind of unholy yeah. alliance yeah so um so they're going to look for the money and not ask too much about where it comes from and you've got to think about what gets what are people willing to give away? The powerful people are willing to give away money um, if necessary. You know, if there's something comes along like a pandemic, they'll give you furloughing schemes, they'll give you bits of money. They'll, they'll increase your universal credit a wee bit if you make too much fuss about it. If the unions all come out and strike, they'll, they'll talk to them and maybe sooner or later give them a wee rise in pay. What they won't devolve is power. They don't want to devolve power. They don't want to give power away. And they don't want people to question where the power resides right. to actually give away the money. Right. So so these um these two buildings, the one the one that's in Edinburgh, which mm -hmm. I, I I went over to a demonstration that um now mm -hmm. Scotland were organizing. Actually, I think you might have been there as well. Yeah, I was so, at that too. So that one that one um <laughs> over there and then now that the one that's in that one that's in Glasgow. So so from what you're saying, what I'm picking up is that um, basically they they just they represent power. They represent power retained. Power retained by London. Power retained, exactly. Okay. <laughs> What do you want people to do? Do you want people to turn up on the 20th? Yes, oh yes, yeah? the more the merrier. We're going to have some kinds of sound system, I think. Um, Kevin Gibney of Indie Live says yes. he's coming to do a live stream. Great. So we'll have that. The thing is, these pl these places are in very quiet areas. Mm. Nobody, There's no footfall. The one in Glasgow is in this place I'd never heard of, Atlantic Square. Everybody's heard of Atlantic Key that lives in Glasgow. This was Atlantic Square, which is a wee square at the foot of West Campbell Street, kind of on the way to the Brumelaw. Nobody ever goes down there. In fact, in Kevin McKenna's column that he, um, that he, he wrote on, on Sunday, 
He said just walking about the streets there, he was challenged twice by security guards as to what he was doing there. Uh, and he was a journalist yeah. walking in a public street, you know. Yeah. So, I must say, I must say, Mary, if, if when you and the gang, the rest of the gang from Greater Glasgow Pensioners for India are down there and you get challenged by the security guys, my money is on you lot. Um, <laughs> really, those those guys won't know what hit them, I think. But so so you so you do want people to go, and I think yeah. you've got a leaflet. Is that right? To, to yes, uh -huh. we've got a leaflet which is um, Alistair Jack. Our, again, this guy is so low key. Most most people who are not involved in politics won't have heard of him, yeah. but he's got the power to override every single democratically elected body in Scotland, and he's never been voted in here. He's appointed from London by a government we didn't vote for, and I mean I've often. In the past, I've often referred myself, you know, to to the Secretary of State for Scotland as a Governor General, and of course, people say, "Oh no, no, no. we're not a colony," you know, you, you, <laughs> you can't say we we were part of the British Empire, and so we were. Yeah, so but, we were. So we were. But um, Malcolm Rifkind himself, when he was a Tory way back in the days of Thatcher, I think. He said it's like being a Governor General of a colony, and then this clause thirty-five which is yeah. the clause that Alistair Jack is now using to crush the gender um, reform bill, which was six years in the making through yeah. through the Holyrood yeah. Parliament. Yeah. He's now, now just saying no to that. And he's used clause 35. Michael Ancrum, who was another Tory, I can't quite remember what his job was, but anyway, he was a Tory. He said when the, when the Scotland Act came in, clause 35 was the Governor-General clause. Oh, wow, did he? He wow. said that. Wow. So that was wow. that was for when wow. the Scottish government tried to break through the glass ceiling and brought in a law that maybe the UK government didn't approve of, or maybe it was just a bit too different from what the UK government was doing. The UK government can take this, the clause 35 and slap it down and say no. And, and I mean, it's been so... Whether, whether you agree with the Gender Recognition Act or not, it's not really about that. Yeah. If they don't, this is what they call a wedge thing. If they get away with this, they'll be doing all sorts of other things. They're already trying to stop our um, plastic bottle recycling plan. They've brought, brought in that that would mean that Scottish juice would sell for a different price from what it sells in England. And that's against the Internal Markets Act because we're supposed to all have the yeah. same price for everything, which is news to me. I mean, sometimes you can get different prices in different shops, surely, you know, but but that, that's that's yeah. what they're saying. That's the argument. So he's bringing that in, and it's totally unreasonable because the Scottish government, which had been six years making this law, um, said to him, you know, okay, what are your objections? And he wouldn't say. He just said, it's up to you to make it acceptable to us. And he didn't say how it would become acceptable to them or anything, nor did he point out that a whole lot of other countries have this law yes. and their, their things are accepted when they come into England. It's only ours it's not. And yes. so it's, just a, it's a, a total refusal to negotiate. Basically, the idea is we don't negotiate, we command. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And so 23rd of uh, February then, and... Um, 
So it's going to be from 12 noon onwards for, for maybe an hour or two, is that right? Probably an hour or so. It's instead yeah. of the stall. We've yes. been going to do it a different day, but a lot of the stall people said they were, you know, their yeah. stall, the stall day was in their diary forever. So, <laughs> so yeah, other days they had grandchildren. Okay, <laughs> so so for, for, for anyone of the stall mm -hmm. that Mary just referred to is the Greater Glasgow Pensioners for Indie mm -hmm. stall. And it, they're, they're there out on Argyle Street twice a week, actually. Thursdays yeah. and, and Tuesdays, I think Thursdays. It's a while since I've been along to help you, actually. So this th this one on the twenty third, that's going to be at this Atlantic Square. We'll all Atlantic need to get our Square. we'll all need to get our maps out and yeah. have a, have a look. Not find to be out. confused with Atlantic Key. Don't turn up there. Yes. Yeah. So. so um, Pensioners for Indie, there's a, we have a website. If you just Google mm -hmm. Pensioners for Indie, you'll find the website. We're also on Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow Group is on Twitter, and there's a Pensioners for Indie, very active Pensioners for Indie page on um, uh, on Facebook as well. So if any of you watching this and it's been listening to Mary, uh, you know, talking, giving a bit about the background, and you fancy coming along or even actually or at the very least actually sharing it around Facebook yeah. and, mm -hmm. and Twitter, that would be fantastic. And um, myself, uh, Mary, myself and Fiona from Scottish Independence Podcast, we're going to come along on the, mm -hmm. on the Thursday yeah. and do a bit of recording and take some photographs as well. And maybe we'll get you being arrested. You never know. Yeah. I'm not sure what the going rate is now. <laughs> that would be the most, most likely thing. But, but it's really important to get it recorded because we don't expect many people to be passing us by. And it's possible the only people passing by will be security guards saying yeah. and trying to huckle us away. Yeah. But I've, I've been told that standing in a public street um, as long as there's not, you know, 500 million of you and so on, you don't actually need permission from the police. You can just stand there and, and do your thing through the megaphone or whatever. Yeah, great. Well, so you've had the news, you've got the date, you know where to go. Mm -hmm. Thursday, 23rd of February at midday uh, down on Atlantic Square on in Glasgow. And, uh, yeah, we hope, to, we hope to see you there. Thanks yeah. for watching. Come along. And thanks for listening to our bonus Tuesday call to action. If you're in Glasgow on the 23rd, we'll see you there. Bye now.